They want me to change, they want me to change, but I ain't changing, nah. And you are now tuned into another episode of Intellectually Petty Radio, brought to you by M3S3 Clothing, Men Make Moves and Suckers Stand Still, and as always, on the mighty, mighty, mighty Nerve DJs Radio Network. And you already know, man, I, I, I really only rock with legends, and today is absolutely no exception. Uh, this brother has been a pastor for decades, gave his life to the Lord back in the 80s. He has bought buildings. He has done tons of things for the community, Cleveland, of course, um, and beyond. Um, and he was an advisor to President Trump. Um, if you're not sure who I'm talking about, let's get him on right now. It is the incomparable Pastor Daryl Scott. How you doing, bro? Good, man. Good. What's up? Nothing much, man. What's up with you? How's life? How's the family? Hey, man. It's trying to keep it moving. That's all. <laughs> good. Family's good. Everybody's in good health. So, uh, and it is what it is. Yo, man, I, I was, you know, doing my little research or whatever. And, bro, like, I think a lot of what gets missed with you is a lot of the great shit you have done for people and for your church and for yourself and for your family. Like, why is that not part of your narrative? Um, well, I'm not the type of person that sings their own praises. I've never been like that. Um, I just do what I do. And if it gets out there, it gets out there. If it doesn't, it doesn't. A lot of people are so into self-promotion these days. Everybody has, because of social media or whatever, you know, a lot of people have platforms and they're exploiting their narcissism on those platforms. I'm not like that. You know, I was raised in a generation. I came up in the sixties, man. And I came up out them streets and we were raised to, you know, be cool and, 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 and keep everything down. Don't be loud and don't be be flashy. You know, at least that's the way I was raised up on the streets. And it translated when I came into the kingdom of God. You know, we were taught that you were not to be in the flesh, to not engage in self-aggrandizement, to not be allowed to be in self-promotion, that you um, uh, give glory to God, humble yourself before the almighty hands of God, and he will exalt you in due season. So that's just part of my personality. I'm not one that I don't get off on having my praises sung. I'm not one of those guys that makes my church worship me as a God and praise me all the time. And, oh, it's pastor. Oh, bishop. Oh, I ain't, I ain't on that, man. I can't. If my church gets to clap for me too loud, I, 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 I'd be like, nah, y'all tone it down. So I'm just not like that. That's all it is. Which is odd because your guy is probably the biggest self-promoter in the history of tonsils. Yeah, but you know why? He does it for business sake. You know, if you really knew Trump, you would know that he's probably, you, you'd be surprised if I said this, but he's a pretty humble guy. And I'll expound upon that in a minute. But he did tell me something one time. He said, look, sometimes when people don't want to give you your credit, you got to go out there and get it for yourself. But to be honest, if you are in a room with him, especially if he's in a room with a bunch of preachers, he always adopts the position of the lesser. And the preachers are the greater. I remember one time he said, while you guys were out pursuing a higher calling, I was trying to build buildings. This was when he was thinking about running for president in 2015. He said, while you guys were out pursuing a higher calling, I was building buildings. I think it's time for me to catch up. So that shows me that he esteemed what we were doing as a higher calling. And he felt running for president was a higher calling as well. But if you're in a room with him, he's not boastful and braggadocious like that. In fact, you know, he's 
He's probably the best host that I've ever been around as far as being hospitable is concerned and being engaging. And he has a lot of self-deprecating humor. You ever hear, heard anybody that, that just cracked on themselves and have the whole room cracking up? Can't nobody hold court like it. I never forget we were talking about the fact that he doesn't drink or smoke. He never drank or smoked. And he looked around and said, I'm already enough. Can you imagine me if I was drinking? <laughs> and this stuff like right that, that, you know, his public persona and his private persona Why, bro? are two different things. He's not, he's not a boastful bro- blowhard in private. Okay. You've been knowing him for a while, for some yeah, years. About, about, about 12, 13 years. So your personal relationship with him is good. Yeah. I I talk to him all the time. I talk to him every week. I'm trying to I I, I wrestle with the with the, the the thought that like when you endorsed him and when you decided to, to be a part of Team Trump, did you not see first off that black folks as a as a community we're gonna look at you call you sellouts call you coons all type of shit and i was okay with you first of all man ain't nobody punking me now one thing i always said to my congregation was i'm not gonna tell y'all who to vote for and y'all ain't gonna tell me who to vote for that's my friend that's my guy he said he's running for president he asked me to roll with him i'm rolling with him i give a damn who like and that's just the way it is y'all ain't punking me i didn't let somebody pump me out in fact they made me dig in deeper the fact that they didn't like it and you know what it's a whole bunch of black folks now that want to support Trump. To be quite honest, they owe me an apology because I tried to tell them then and they didn't want to listen. I was like, look, man, I know the guy. He can't be what they're trying to tell you he is because if he was like that, I wouldn't be rolling with him. That's number one. Number two, we finally got a president that wants to prove himself to us. And y'all ain't taking advantage of that? You can't take advantage of the fact that you got a guy that wants to prove himself to you and you keep on endorsing these people to feel they ain't got nothing to prove to you? Okay, do me this. Give me five tangible things that Trump did. I don't care what the other guys did on the other side, because I don't like either side, if I'm going to be honest with you. But give me five tangible things I can go to my people and say, this is what Trump actually did for us. Well, well, first of all, let me tell you something. He didn't sit down in office and say, I got to concentrate on black people. He's okay. going to be the president for all Americans. However, there were some things that he did that, uh, you know, you don't have to. You have to understand. Presidents don't make policy; they simply sign off on it. They don't make legislation; they simply sign off on it. It's up to the congressmen and the senators to promote legislation or to pre- present legislation. That ain't answering the question. Though. As to whether and he's going to sign and off it's on actually it's actually kind of not true. Like there, there are some, there are some things that the president can actually just say, "I got presidential powers to do." It's not no, a lot. They can, they I agree can do with executive you. Executive orders, exactly. And, and and other presidents can come along and undo those executive orders, like yeah. Joe Biden did with his. However, Trump did uh, an executive order. The the HBCUs mm-hmm. had to come up every year to Washington D.C. and reapply for financing every year. Mm-hmm. And Trump said, you guys got to come up here every year and ask for this money? That's, uh, you shouldn't have to do this. So what did he do? He increased the funding to HBCUs and took away that every year reapplication process and, and gave it to them uh, for 10 years at a time. That's number one. Okay. All right. We pushed for the doggone First Step Act. I was very instrumental in that. In fact, people don't know, 28 pages of the First uh, Step Act came from me and my team. We, gave okay. we presented 28 policy pages of the first step back, 
And, and what it does was recognize the fact that there were sentencing inequalities. I'll give an example. When people say today, and I argue with Republicans about this all the time, when they try to say that there was no systemic racism in America, I say, if there was no systemic racism, then what was the point of having to have criminal justice reform to alleviate any inequities that existed in the criminal justice system? It was systemic okay. racism. Blacks were being over-sentenced uh, and over-incarcerated. Trump recognized that. And we did. We passed the First Step Act in order to alleviate that. Okay. We, he presented the Opportunity Zones. Now, the Opportunity Zones, that was pretty ingenious for him to pass that, simply because it did not rely on Congress or the Senate to pass the legislation. Okay. Zones, let, me, let me cut you off right there. I'm sorry. With the Opportunity Zones, um, did they actually do anything? No, listen. The Opportunity Zones incentivized private investors Mm -hmm. to take their capital gains money and invest in designated communities for tax benefits. And so as a result, it didn't rely on government funding. Now, what happened? Mm -hmm. COVID messed up the Opportunity Zones. A lot of projects that began and a lot of uh, 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 initiatives that were be had begun were shut down during COVID. And as a result, remember when COVID came, the stock market crashed. So everybody's capital gains uh, our money was lost. There were no capital gains during COVID. So that's what happened to the Opportunity Zones. But there are a number of Opportunity Zone projects that are going on right now. Now, you got to have again, you got to have money it, already it on not, hand for Opportunity Zones funded. to work for you, right? Excuse me? It benefits wealthy people to Opportunity Zones, no, correct? No, 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 no. It incentivizes them. It's got to be an incentive. Why should I take my money and invest in East Cleveland if there's no benefit for me? Okay, but it that's not a. It incentivized private it, investors to invest in deep, in depressed areas. It was an incentive that if you invest your money in East Cleveland or whatever, you can get a tax break. Now, the tax break was you get a portion of taxes off if you left mm. your money in that community for uh, three years. You get mm. a greater portion off if you left it for seven years, and you can eliminate the taxes on that altogether if you left it in there for 10 years. I thought it was ingenious. It sounds like expediting uh, 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 an exchange of wealth from from the people in that community to people outside that community for a tax break. Is, you have to understand. I'm just trying to figure out how that exactly no, listen, would listen, work for black people. The government is not in the real estate business. Government real estate is called projects. You don't mm -hmm. need more projects being built in the hood. Now, it incentivizes. Now, here's the thing. Black people could do. Black people could use could take the tax breaks too. You and me could get together and create an opportunity fund, and put our money into it and get a tax break from it. So it's not just the wealthy people. It's for anybody that wants to take advantage of it. So you okay. can't blame them and say, "Well, no, this is just a tax break for the wealthy people." And if you if you actually understand it, this wasn't just a Republican Trump endeavor. This was a, a bipartisan. Um, well, I don't really care about who voted on it and whose whose idea no, or whatever. If, if, if your guy does something and it, and it benefits black people, I'm going to give your guy credit. I'm trying to what I'm saying is this particular one. I can't I can't say that one benefits black people. But let's see I, I what can. else you, you got. You, you got you, you know got why? three we so far. We can't complain about the condition of our neighborhoods. And, and now he incentivized somebody to improve, improve the condition of our neighborhoods. You don't want the condition of your neighborhoods improved? The government is not building houses for people. The government does not renovate neighborhoods. 
private investors do, builders do, developers do. Let me and ask so you a question. What's my motivation? You ride, you ride through East Cleveland, right? What's my motivation for buying a house and building a new house in East Cleveland? What's Let me ask my you motivation to do that? You, you ride through East Cleveland, right? Yeah. They got construction, seems like, every fucking summer. What do you when mean you construction? Construction on the streets. I, I, I've been seeing construction on the streets. street repair? Street, street repair. Construction. About, no, 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 no. But I'm, 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 I'm I got a point to make, houses, though. No, no, no. But listen to what I'm saying, though. My point is, is when I see the people doing the actual construction, they don't look like me. When I see the company that's actually getting that contract, they don't look like me. So the street may be fixed, that, but the that, only, yeah, the no, only no, thing, no, no, no. that, that money that it took to, to fix that street doesn't stay in the community. That's not a federal issue. Trump is federal. That's a state and local and city issue. You need to talk to the councilman about the black Democratic mayor. That's what you need to talk to about that contract. Okay. You need to talk about right. the mayor and the city council of East Cleveland or wherever else because those are the ones that grant those contracts. The federal government don't give those contracts. Trump ain't got nothing to do with that. Okay, what's number four? They don't look like you. That means black people ain't working at them companies then. That's all that is. What's number four? What do you mean what's number four? uh, I'll give you some some symbolic things. Uh, Mm -hmm. He pardoned Jack Johnson. He designated Martin Luther King Jr.'s uh, home as a national landmark. Um, uh, But in four years, what you want? Five things in four years is one new thing less than every year. Name five things he did for the Jews. Name one thing, five things he did for the Irish. Name. Why I don't care about the them. Only people? Why are we the only community that look for somebody that's not a part of our community to fix our community? Oh, that, that's said, absolutely yeah, not that. true. And I had this conversation with Roland Martin. I said, do you think Trump is a racist? He said, yeah. So what's his plan? I said, why the hell would you want a racist to do a plan for a black person? If you think this man is a racist, what the fuck do you want a racist to do a plan for you for? And they shut him up. We can't say that man is a racist and then turn around and say, what is he doing for us? I don't I, I don't know. I, I personally don't know the man. And I don't know. Like, I went over the whole uh, the racist clips and some of the stuff on YouTube where they try to. OK, he said this. Uh, he, he says some asshole shit a lot. My thing is, is that he is fully no more aware. Than Joe Biden. Say no more again, I'm not a fan of Joe Biden, bro. So I don't really care. Did you vote for him? I didn't vote for either one of them. So, so then if you didn't vote for either one of them, you really can't, you don't have a voice. I, I, just because play, I... You can't play both. You can't play both ends against the middle and say, okay, Trump doing... I, black I can be critical. I can be critical of the president of the United States regardless of what I have done or who I voted for. Like if I, if I voted for Biden and Trump wins, I still have the right to be critical of the job performance. Not of him. I don't care about him personally. I'm talking about the job performance. But what are you yes voting no. for? You're voting for a job performance. You're not voting for a person. Let me tell you something. He didn't even win, he didn't even win the popular vote. Like, like what, what would be the point? John F. He won anyway. John F. Kennedy didn't either. I wasn't alive, Richard Nixon, bro. Richard Nixon won the popular vote. In I was not a... I wasn't even a zygote. I was but, not even but, alive. But, but I'm saying that's a that's a predecessor. That's a that's a, a Joe, uh, Donald Trump is not the first president to lose the popular vote. Al Gore okay. won the popular vote. Al Gore won the popular vote over George Bush. I'm not disputing that. My point so is my vote. My vote. When, it, when I'm I'm of the ilk. 
We are, we are We're not, not a democracy. I We're agree. a constitutional republic. And the reason why the Electoral College is set up, so you don't have two or three states like New York, California, that have the greatest populations deciding the fate of the entire country. So that's the reason why the founding fathers set us up as a constitutional republic rather than a democracy. So we're not a democratic nation. We are a republic, a constitutional republic. And that's I, I, I agree with you. This is not a democracy. However, at some point, you know, just like they've made amendments to the Constitution, at some point they need to change the way shit is going. Because if you, why, why should? Because at this at this point, I would prefer to not have two people out of a whole state be able to d- dictate or however many electoral votes you got from your state. That's be not able how that to, works. How, how does it work? And no two people from those states do nothing. I didn't each, say, well, each, I, I misspoke. Listen, not not necessarily state, two people, but each, each state has a certain number of electoral no, votes. No, that, that don't have nothing to do with it. Each state mm-hmm. has a certain amount of electoral votes. That's what like I just Ohio, said. Ohio might have 10 electoral votes. Right. California might get 40 electoral votes. Exactly. So if you win Ohio, you get all of the 10 electoral votes. If you win Florida, you get all 40 of those electoral votes. So that's how it goes. And so you can hypothetically win more states and win more counties and get more um, electoral votes, whereas the popular vote would be decided by a California, which leans heavily Democrat and liberal, a New York, which is heavily Democrat and liberal, an Illinois, which is heavily Democrat and liberal. You can't have three states decide the fate of the entire country. So they put that system of balances in there to make sure three states don't do that. And I think it was an ingenious yeah. that I finally I, I, I personally don't care about the 12 people in Iowa. I don't care about the 32 people in Montana. And I'm being I, I facetious. When you say the 32 people, I'm, I don't understand I'm, what you I'm, mean. I'm, I'm being facetious. They have a very small population compared to New York or California. Yeah, but do you can't have... If, if, if there's something that the if Californians want to make transgender surgery a, a, a law to land mm-hmm. and, and, and Ohioans don't, you can't have the people in California decide what we do up here. That's you know what? Just like just like somebody sued to have Roe v. Wade overturned. Mm-hmm. They can take it to court. I, I, you can take some things to court. Some things can, don't in this country, you can take everything to court. What I'm saying is this. Who's the thing? The bottom line, the system of the electoral college, the way it's set up, is is a, is a is a is a an excellent system. And what nobody crying, what nobody crying about it until Trump won. They weren't crying about no, it. When no, Obama no, won, they weren't crying about it. When Clinton won, they weren't crying about personally, it. Personally, once Trump won, oh, we have changed the electoral college now. And personally, I, I guess I guess it's kind of like when the Black Panthers was carrying guns and they had no problem changing the gun laws. Anyway, um, that was in. And what state was that in? California. That was. Because gun laws are state to state. See, you guys keep trying to make something federal, which is a state issue, and a lot of state issues they want Trump to get involved in. Then he ain't got no involvement in it because he's the federal government. That's actually semi-true, because yeah, each I- each state, especially the larger states, depend a lot on government money. Federal government money. All states depend on government money. So not, not as much as maybe New York and California. Iowa doesn't get as much money, just numerically. It doesn't make sense. They don't get as much money as New York. However, if a president says, I'm going to cut off $100 million from your state, 
which he can do a federal money. No, he yeah, can't. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's been they've been they've been threatening no, states to do that can't. shit for no, eons. So you're gonna tell me they don't they he don't do that? Just say I'm not giving this state any money. He doesn't have arbitrary, you know, lateral power like that. There's a system of checks and God and balances up there. You think Congress? Oh, my. Oh, you think my. the congressman and the senator <laughs> from that state are gonna allow him to cut their money? They're not gonna do that. If that's the case, he would have been cut. Him. You think Nancy Pelosi gonna let him cut San Francisco's money? Yeah, I don't. I don't think she would have a choice. She wouldn't let him. What's his name? Cory Booker and them gonna let him cut New York's money? That ain't happening. Okay, let me ask you this: Donald Trump is not a racist. Who is in politics? Who is what? Who's a racist? Everybody. Everybody in America has some racism in them. And the thing is, it's on a person by person basis. I always said this: racism is like the word ugly. I don't. I can't describe it, but I know it when I see it. And black people just as racist as anybody else. Hey, we not only have interracial racism, black people have intra-racial racism. We got dark-skinned people that's racist against light-skinned people. You got light-skinned blacks that's racist against dark-skinned blacks. And we know that. Spike Lee pulled out the movie. Why, why you got to do that, you though, You got bro. some light-skinned people to say, man, can't keep them black. I don't like, I don't trust these black folks. And but that, know, that was not, that was got, not what got, I'm asking you. light-skinned parents. If their daughter bought a real dark skin guy home, they say, get him out of here. Now, so we can't cry about what well, we do. A, it, that, that prejudice and racism, two different things. I think we can both agree on that. However, you didn't answer the question. What's the, what's the question? How the question is, okay, Mitch McConnell. Is Mitch McConnell a racist? I don't know. I've had a conversation with Mitch. Mitch McConnell, watch this. You want to hear a funny story? Okay, gotcha. When they went to passed the First Step Act. Mm -hmm. Mr. McConnell refused to take it to the floor. And Van Jones contacted me and said, Mitch won't take it to the floor. I think you're the only one that can get him to do it. And Jared Kushner called me and said, Mitch won't take it to the floor. I don't know what to do. And I was at home in the shower that night and I had a brainstorm. I came out, I called Jared at one o'clock in the morning, woke him up. I said, man, I know how I'm gonna get Mitch to take it to the floor. He said, how? I said, I'm going to play the race card the same way they play it. And I got on TV and I got in the print and got to talking about it. it was a black-white issue. Then I called Mitch directly and threatened it. I said, man, if you don't take this to the floor, I'm going to bring 500 angry black people up there and we're going to tear your office up on Capitol Hill. And then Mitch took it to the floor. Afterwards, he called me. He said, you have me and Jared watched it together on C-SPAN. Then afterwards, he called me. He said, you happy now? I said, Mitch, I'm going to give you a black card. I'm going to give you a hood pass, and we're going to put a statue up in front of the rec center down in the hood. Ain't we laugh, had a laugh about it? <laughs> we had a laugh about it and went on about it. Let me be honest, and I said this during the 2016 campaign. What uh -huh. a lot of people think is racial is not racial. It's cultural. Donald Trump was at the time 69-year-old billionaire. He ain't going to turn his hat backwards, sag his blue jeans, start bumping rap music, to prove he ain't racist. That would not or act like he got a bag of hot sauce, a bottle of hot sauce in his pocket. He, he, he kind of got sued literally for being racist. Uh-uh, no, he didn't. So they didn't sue him about not renting his... Sued his, his father. And I'm going to tell you why. And I'm going to be honest, I, I, I had this conversation in Louisville, Kentucky with some people from Black Lives Matter before. Mm -hmm. What it was, they had put millions of dollars into an, a, new, a new apartment development, right? Mm -hmm. And they didn't want to rent the Section 8 tenants. I don't blame them. 
I ain't gonna take my money and but I don't blame and I know all I know black people that won't rent to section eight tenants. That's you realize that section eight tenants are predominantly white, actually. I'm telling you at that time what it was. It was section eight tenants that were black that he didn't want to rent to because they were section eight, and they said it, they said it was racist and they filed a lawsuit. You can't see how they would say that was racist. Hey man, if that's the case, I had some property for rent before. And the person came pulling up in my in the yard to see it. Had about six kids in the car with him. Told me he was on Section Eight, and I ain't want to rent to him. And let me tell you why. Because he ain't spending his money on it. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever washed a rent a car? No. Why not? Because I never rented one long enough for it really realistically to be Because it ain't mine, and I ain't putting my money in. I mean, but if you want to be honest, a lot of people. I've washed my car that that I have. Probably twice in the last year. You can look in the back of the newspapers when you would have places for rent. Uh, half the things would say no Section Eight. A lot of people don't want to rent to Section Eight people. But Donald Trump was a high-profile mark. They sued. Hey man, he Why wouldn't he young. simply just say no Section Eight people? He did, and they sued him for it. Well, they also had little uh, uh, ways of going about. No, Indicating somebody was black. Section eight. That's that. <laughs> section eight, man. Okay, so let me ask you this: the the insurre- the the insurrection you think was some type of setup, correct? No, not necessarily. Just your guy didn't have anything to do with it. Let me say this: I'm gonna tell you what my take on it is. Okay. Those people went to the rally that I was invited to speak at it, but I didn't speak. The people went to the to the uh, event, right? Mm-hmm. They left the event and went down to the Capitol, right? Mm-hmm. With no direction, with no leadership. And as a result, it got out of hand. It wasn't a planned, full scale. You're talking about ain't nobody had no weapons. Ain't nobody had what they had. They went down there with what? There wasn't no incident. You're going to overthrow the United States government. We got Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, nuclear bombs with with, with, a, with a few hundred uh, white folks that's, that's pissed. Come on, man. What do you think would have happened if that was a few hundred because, black folks that did exactly because, the same thing? Simply because they went down there without leadership. Now, I will say this. 2020 established a new paradigm of protest in America, which was, if you don't like it, you can fuck shit up. That was the new paradigm that was amassed. People forget how in March 2020, 60 Secret Service agents were injured when they tried to breach the White House and Trump had to get took down to the bunker. They forget about that. 60 Secret Service agents were injured. They tried to put they pushed the fence down to go into the White House. And nobody said anything. You forget about the fact that they defaced the Lincoln Memorial. They defaced the Washington Monument. They were pulling down statues. And all we heard was property is inconsequential. Property means nothing. It's about lives. They can protest. They can protest. It's just about property. They so burned I, this country down in 2020. They established a new They burned the country down. They so burned the country down, bro. It's hypocritical to me that the holy capital, the capital is holy. You don't touch the capital, but you can break into the White House. So, so again, they'd have drugged Trump out on that front lawn and tired and tired of feathering him if they could. Uh, uh, again, I'm gonna ask: 
do, do you think it was an insurrection or not? No. So those people, it was perfectly fine for those people, and they actually somebody got killed during this whole yeah, non-insurrection. A cop shot. A cop somebody shot got killed. If, if if me and you go rob a grocery store and I don't have nothing to do with no weapons, nothing like that, and all I steal is a pop, and you shoot the clerk, we shot the clerk. So let me ask you this. All summer long, when they burned and looted America, that was cool. America didn't get burned and looted, bro. You realize that a lot of those people actually went to jail, too, right? How many of them? I, I, I don't know. I didn't count, but I'm willing to bet that more people went to jail for insurrections or looting, whatever you want to call it. I call it, let's call it the uprising. They, got, Since, they went to jail for theft or destruction of property. That's what they did. That was it. And a, and a whole what you want them to go to get jail for? Here's the thing. There was no national outcry. They said it was mostly peaceful protest. Because it was. Thing, how do you deny all of the video of Capitol Police opening doors and escorting people inside? Was that mostly peaceful protest? I think that was complicity. <laughs> complicity by who? The Capitol Police? Yes. Why would so you just let people in? So, so Aren't you the police? That, so was that part of the insurrection? If I saw a black if, police, if, if black you are waving people in, I saw then you are wrong. Then you are wrong because they should have been shot on sight. It was a stand down order given. If they had got orders, to that, shoot them that's on that's sight, my point. T tell me this: if if black people, if that was a Black Lives Matter pro protest, and it was nothing but black people, and they did exactly the same thing that the insurrectionists did, what do you think would have happened? Nothing. Are you got to be kidding me, bro? Same thing that happened with George Floyd when they tore up the country because of George Floyd. Nothing. What part of the what, what, what part you know, you was was the vice president three feet or thirty feet away, a hundred feet away know, from from harm? You know when they tried to break into the White House, that was a George Floyd protest, right? What I, I don't recall this whole they tried to Secret break Service. into the White House 60, for George Floyd. 60, no, that was a George Floyd protest. Okay. Mayor Muriel Bowser refused to send the D.C. police to help. So it was the Secret Service against the protesters. Sixty Secret Service agents were injured. And now if the Secret Service had a shot, one of them black people, there would have been a whole bunch of crap. Nobody got shot. Cops Nobody been shooting black folks since cops were started. It, it, I'm, are you kidding me? So, so are you familiar with me? Are you familiar with that when they tried? To no, 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 I, I, I no idea. They were laughing at Trump because they took him down to the bunker. No, no. Look it up. That happened in March, 2020. I absolutely need to look that up. Secret service. You can look it up right now. 66 secret service agents were injured. You can pull it up right now on your computer. Oh, I'm about to try now. agents injured. 66. Okay, while I do that, give me your thoughts on Larry Elders and uh, Tim Scott. I know both of them. I know both of them very well. I know Larry very well. In fact, Larry used to live in Strongsville. And Tim Scott, the school they ain't going to win for president. Okay. So maybe it just elevates their profile or uh, whatever like that. But dang, they're not going to win. So you really just just not did, like did like you, you have that? no problem saying saying anything about Democrats, but you're very hesitant when it comes to Republicans. 
What do you want me to say? I said the guys ain't going to win. I want you to be honest about the person that they are, the people that they what are. What do you mean the person that they are? Tim Scott's a nice guy. He's a Christian. Tim Scott's a be, Christian. Being a, well, being a Christian, come on, bro. Being a Christian doesn't make you a nice person. What What has Tim Scott done wrong? I'm not saying he did anything wrong at all. He's a nice guy. If you met him, you like him. Larry Elder's cool, too. Larry Elder from South Central L.A. He ain't no punk. But I don't agree with him with all this old cooning that he be doing. Now, I ain't so, agreeing with that. And I ain't agreeing with Tim Scott. When Tim Scott stood up there and said, ain't no racism in America. That's some coon crap. I ain't, I ain't down with that. Everybody, but it sounds like that's what you're saying in a roundabout way. What are you talking about? I'm saying what it, in a roundabout way. It, it, so, it just comes off. And, and you haven't like verbatim said there's no racism. Reduce. Produce one. I'm talking about now, bro. It it just it it gives. No, you the... asked me to give individual examples. You said who in Washington D.C. is a racist. Like, I don't know. <laughs> How do you not know? You know. Why, okay. How would I know? Because you was in Washington D.C. Because racism is a subjective experience. I know, and it, you, okay, you've so had enough experience with is, racism to be able to, to know okay, who's racist who and who's I'm not. Supposed to point to and say is a racist. Okay, you're right about the. Uh, the I, I'm trying to read it you up. Said, read, who do read I some know? You're talking about people I know. The people I know, the, the people I know that I'm a fool around with. No, I wouldn't say they were racist. Okay, all right, that's fair enough. Let me ask you this: um, Are you still did you, did an you advisor up, to President did you look Trump? That up yet? I'm looking did you look it up, up now, bro. It's easy to find. Yeah, and 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 I, I actually Trump took you, to you, the you, bunker. Just looking right up, sixty-six secret. I didn't. Uh, well, I'm, if to you would let you got you got to let me get it out, bro. Like you, you absolutely right about this one. I, I mean, I haven't gotten to the part about Trump being in the bunker, no, but yes, it does. It does say that more than sixty secret service yeah. officers and special agents sustained multiple injuries in three days worth of violent clashes stemming from protests demanding justice for George Floyd. Now. Uh, That's how, oh, that, was, that must be a left-leaning publication. They don't say that actually, they tried to breach the White House and Trump had to take it, down to the bunker? It is actually Fox News. They didn't say that? Because I can pull it up right now on my phone. It is actually Fox News. I'm going to pull up the article. I'm going to put, put something right there so you can see it. Easy. Published May right 31st, 2020 at 2.56 p.m. Yeah. Eastern Standard Time. Yeah, I'm going to tell you where to look. Right now. The uprisings overflowed from Lafayette Park and continued near the White House on Saturday night and early into Sunday morning. Protests in the area. They tried to breach the well, Trump. Just type I, in Trump taking the bunker. Type that in. Type in Trump taking the bunker. See what that does. Well, if you would let me try to <laughs> read it's a whole ass article, bro. That's what I'm saying. To me, the White House is more important than the Capitol. If we're judging on what place is holy and what shouldn't be. But be touched and breached. The White House is trying to be breached later today. And you didn't even hear about it. That shows you right there. <laughs> the fact that that happened and you didn't hear about it. Okay, but that doesn't mean that it makes it right for a bunch of white folks to just break into the capital of the United it's States. Okay for a bunch of black folks to break into the White House, huh? Okay, show me the black folks, though. <laughs> so Black Lives Matter wasn't black people? Actually, a lot of them was white folks. It was a BLM protest. And if you look at this, actually, matter of fact, the picture they got on here is a multicultural <laughs> display of of, uh, of protesters. And it literally yeah, has Black Lives Matter. I'm just, I'm just telling you what it and is. Trump and you know, you know full well, you, 
Now, that's all I know. The president of the United States had to be taken to a place of safety, and you didn't hear about it. Now, what does that tell you? That tells me I don't watch Fox News because I'm pretty sure Fox News. Fox News, what are you talking about? It was on CNN too, bro. It was everywhere. They laughed at him. They mocked him. They were laughing at the. They laughed at him a lot, bro. You got, you know, like that. That was kind of like a theme throughout his whole presidency, and it wasn't just the left-leaning people. They laughed at him over in Europe too, publicly. You try to change. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm doing one of your numbers, right? If I'm doing one of your numbers. I can laugh at AOC and them about getting took to the tunnel. I can laugh at Nancy Pelosi for getting took to the tunnels for safety. He was taken to the bunker for safety. And, and, and nobody has a problem with that? Why? Because it was Trump. That's the who, only reason why. Who said nobody had a problem with that? You didn't hear about it. Apparently that don't mean that I didn't. That, that don't mean that I or a lot of people didn't have a problem with it. But I don't want to waste too much time. They I'll give you. Money. I'll give you this one, okay? He he, got, got, it happened. You however you want, however you want to say it. I'm trying to move on, bro. I'm not I'm not disagreeing with that point. I I I I'll, I'll agree with you on that point. It, it both are wrong. Period. I, I type all I typed it was Trump taking the bunker, and I got Trump was rushed to the White House bunker due to a breach of security. Trump took. All I see is Trump went to the bunker. 50 of them. And you acting like you can't find it? Just type in Trump taking the bunker. I, I, that's not what I typed. Trump that's not what I typed in. But, bruh, bruh, bruh. We got. We, we have got to. This is way too much on, on this one incident. You right. I'm wrong. We moving. We moving on. Trump, Trump taking I, the underground. So what I'm saying I, is this. What's the difference in that and the Capitol? Was 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 this an insurrection? Was him having to be taken to the bunker because they were trying to breach the White House? Was I guess those I guess those people didn't actually break in and take pictures on Nancy Pelosi's desk or whoever's um, desk with their feet up. Uh, the people. That, let me ask you this: Do you know how much the doors of the Capitol weigh? I don't. Two thousand pounds. Do you know they only have to be unlocked by electronic locks? Who opened up the doors and let them in? They ain't break the doors in. Those doors weigh two thousand pounds a piece. They let them in. It was then a Trump, setup. Wait, then, then, it, it was a the setup. Don't, don't. Them in. That's them. That's got nothing to do with me. And, so and it honestly, wasn't, it wasn't an insurrection. They they waved them in. They let them go into Nancy Pelosi's office. They let them sit up at the gavel. Some stupid looking dude with a with a doggone horn on his head. He walked in. And they should be prosecuted. What's up? That wasn't no insurrection, man. Not they should be prosecuted. Guns. The only people had guns were the Capitol Police. They should be prosecuted. Period. For what? Anyway. The the police that just let them walk in the doors should be prosecuted. Yeah, you're right. I agree with you. Now, are you still an active member of Team Trump? Are you still an advisor? Yeah, heck yeah. I haven't seen you politicking i haven't seen you on on the news although i don't watch much fox news but usually your clips go viral if you notice the trump the, the campaign hasn't gotten out of full swing i talked to trump hey i talked to him day before yesterday i talked to trump once or twice a week every week i'm very much involved in the campaign planning we got some big stuff on the horizon that we're working on got a lot of big stuff that we're working what, on what you, right what, you, now, what you got what y'all working on bro Hey, man, I can't let it all out yet. We're going to make an announcement. We're going to have a press conference and everything on it. 
okay, are you going to be part of the, uh, do you, uh, well, first off, he's been charged 8,000 times. Mm-hmm. And I ain't been charged not once. <laughs> okay, well, good for you. Because there's a lot of there's a lot of people that, that you know, uh, more right specifically, Michael Cohen. Harrison Floyd is going to be on my television show tomorrow night. Is that the brother that that? No, uh, no he's going to tape tomorrow, but we'll, the show will air on Saturday nights. Is that the brother that was locked up? Mm-hmm. Harrison and I are good friends. Okay, like why? He was locked up for a while there, right? Yeah, she denied him bail. The, the the black district attorney denied the black man bail. Well, the district attorney doesn't control whether he gets bail or not. It's the yes, judge. No, the judge yes, does. He's the reason why he didn't get no bail. No, they they, they flight risk. Okay, but that's what they always do. It's the judge's decision as to whether uh, you get bail or not. All the white folks got out. The black man stayed in. That's that's interesting that you even noticed that. I mean, who can't help but to notice that? Okay, um, it seems cool like dude. I know it family. seems like the Republicans just left him out to dry. Almost, almost like when the Republicans, your your guy DeSantis. Well, well, well. Actually, I know DeSantis ain't your guy. So let me let me. Uh, I, know, I know DeSantis. I've cussed him out before. So yeah, I, I no big but, but wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because when he said the whole uh, slavery was beneficial in some ways to black people, DeSantis, DeSantis uh, is a fool. Go back yeah, and look but, on but, my you, Twitter page. And but I, listen, I, let me say I, this I, about Harrison Floyd though: the Republicans didn't leave him out to dry. You know how much money came in for him for his legal defense that Republicans donated to him so far? You know what the how county much? is right now? How much? $290,000. That's way less than they gave that, that young kid that shot some people in Wisconsin. Hey, hey, hey. $290,000 in what? Four or five days? Come on, y'all can do better. So far, it's up to $290,000. Okay, but my point so is... they didn't just leave him hanging out to dry. And they had my, 18 other people that they were donating to as well. Oh, my point is, is that when DeSantis made that statement about slavery and I, Tim Scott had something to say, that was a pushback, which was surprising, but, but, but salute to him for pushing back. But he got slammed for it. Why? Who got slammed? Tim Scott. Oh, there's a lot of white folks... The white folks all over the internet. Well, if them white folks all over the internet to slam them as racist, then. Okay. Because if you look, look on there, go back there and look and see what I said. I've been known DeSantis was a racist. I knew DeSantis was a racist because back in 2017 or 18, after we passed the Opportunity Zone legislation, I was going around the country doing Opportunity Zone seminars. We mm-hmm. did one in Tallahassee, Florida, at Florida State University. We invited DeSantis to come. The event was set for 7 o'clock. DeSantis came in on white people time. He got there at 6.30. And when he got there at 6.30, it was about <laughs> 75, 80 black people there. And so what he did, he made up some excuse and left. By 7.30, it was 1,000 black people in the room, and he left. I called DeSantis' butt up and cussed his butt out worse than he probably ever been cussed out in his life. I cussed him out so bad, he called Ike Perlmutter, who was the CEO at the time of Marvel Entertainment, the ones that made the Avengers movies and all of that. Ike worth seven to eight billion dollars. He called Ike, because Ike is a friend of mine. Ike called me to ask me why I cussed out DeSantis. And when I told him why, me and Ike both started laughing. And then after that, me and DeSantis was cool. After I told him, when he apologized, yeah, I'm going to do whatever I got to do to make it right and all of that crap. And uh, me and him got to be friends, but I ain't endorsed him. 
And I knew okay. he was racist because it was a black thing. Because earlier that day, he had went to a prayer breakfast with some white folks, and it was only about 30 people in the room. And he stayed there all day. He see 30 black people in the room, he bounced. We look up by 7.30. Let me tell you something. You black, I'm black. If yeah. the event starts at 7 o'clock, we get there at 7.15. I know that from church. <laughs> hey, man. We don't never want to be the first ones there. That's just an idea that we ain't going to be the first one. No, we might be the last ones there. We might be the last one there. It's over. They got to tell us to get out. But if the event started at 7 o'clock, he got there. I told him he didn't even get there until about 7.30. And he got there at 6.30. He looked around, thought, wasn't nobody going to show up, and he bounced. And he got his butt cussed out for that, too. Okay, Steve Bannon, your thoughts? That's my friend. Really? Me and Steve Bannon have been friends. We've been friends for a long time. Oh, my God. Like, you might hear something man, funny about Steve Bannon. The dude's a jerk. Like, he's Satan. Me and Steve Bannon, I'll never forget, in Election Day 2016, it was November the what, 2nd, right? So November 3rd, we all back up at Trump Tower, Trump Dunwine, we all up there. It's me, Steve Bannon, and three, four other dudes about to get on the elevator. Right when we about to get on the elevator, me and Steve step back, now let them go. And me and him get on the elevator by ourselves. As soon as we got on the elevator by ourselves, man, we started jumping fire and slapping fire. We did this, we did this, we did this. Then when we landed on our front door stuff, we just walked out. Steve Bannon is cool. See, Bannon, while he was at the White House, he did a lot for me. Me and him friends, he's doing some stuff now. He's actually, do you know Steve Bannon was the one that connected Ice Cube with the Trump administration for the platinum plan? Did he, actually, co- did he, did, did he actually come Steve, to the White House? Steve Bannon is the one that walked Ice Cube's contract with Black America into the White House. Steve Bannon did that. Cube ain't going to tell you that, though. A- but Steve a- Bannon did that. Ain't he the same guy, though, that... that, that, that was was saying that being called a racist was a badge of honor. I ain't never heard him say that. Look he it up. Played it for me. I never heard that. Before. Yeah, look it up. All I'm gonna look that up, and I'm friends. I'm gonna text you that one. He and I've been friends for ten years, and like I said, one thing about black people, we know racism when we see it. Yeah, and that guy. Like said, it's like, like the word ugly. I can't describe it, but I know, I know it when I'm at a store and the and the cashier don't want to touch my hand, so she about to throw the money in my hand because she. It's a lot of subtle things that you can tell are racist. I haven't seen it in Steve Bannon. I haven't seen it in him. Okay, it, because he's not. Let me stupid. tell you something. A lot of people on Twitter call me a racist. A lot of them white people call me a racist. They call I get called a racist all the time because I stand up for black people. I can call that all the time. I don't give a crap. If somebody tells, here's the problem with us. If if somebody said to you, you don't like white people, what would your response be? Okay. You I mean, it's, it, I mean, your response would be, somebody said, you don't like white people. Okay. All right. Would you try to start acting white to prove you don't like, to prove you like white people? No. Would you try to start doing a whole bunch of stuff for white people to prove that you like white people? Absolutely not. Then why do we expect white people to do that for us to prove they like black people? I don't need you. I don't need you to prove you like black people. Why? Why are we the only? We're the only race that every election says, "What is your special plan for blacks?" No, 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 no. We say it publicly, while other races say it privately with their money. All I know is this. We're the only ones that said, but now I've also said this, and I said this at the White House 
in the president's cabinet room, surrounded by his cabinet. I said, black people are the only race where you white folks think you know more about what we need than we do. Anyway, let me, let me tell you something. A guy can't told, called me and my business partner one time. Got in Kareem Lanier, he's out of Cleveland and he's Atlanta. And they said, let me tell you something. You guys getting a bad reputation around around DC and up on in the, around the White House compound. I said, a bad reputation for what? He said, I got a bad reputation for going around here cussing people out. I said, oh, well, that reputation is true. Because believe me, I done lit up some folk that, let me tell you something. You're from Cleveland, right? I'm from Detroit, but I've been here about 25 years. All right. Are you familiar with, uh, what's the name of Mook's Barbershop down on 55th? Um, I don't know. I'm bald-headed, bro. Do you know who Mook is down on 55th? I don't. Uh, he's a barber down on 55th. I took him to the White House. Him, DJ Ellery. You know who he is? Well, I didn't take Ellery. Yeah, I, took, I, know, I, took I, I absolutely know him. I took a guy named Tez. Well, Mook is Ellery's best friend. I took them to the White House, right? We were in a meeting talking about the drug e epidemic and talking about fentanyl, getting fentanyl off the streets. Okay. In fact, Mook was the one that told them. I asked him, I said, man, do y'all know what the doggone street name for fentanyl is? They didn't know. And Mook had to tell them it's called Fetty, a Fetty Wap. When, when, when 50 Cent and what's that boy with all the tattoos on his face put out that video called Get the Strap, we asked the people in there, we said, do y'all know what get the strap mean? They thought it meant get a belt and whoop the kids. So they <laughs> didn't know. You understand what I'm saying? I said, mm -hmm. now, now, one thing Mook walked away with, I said, Mook, he walked out, he said, man, I don't believe this. He said, first of all, I don't believe y'all up here talking to these white folks like this. Y'all talking to politicians I watch on TV like this. And, um, and, and they letting you talk to them like that. And I really didn't know that they was concerned with how to get this stuff remedied in the black community. It was an eye-opener for him. He said, I'm going to have to go home and translate this crap because people don't think, they thought they was going to go up there and it's a Ku Klux Klan meeting. But see, here's the thing. And I told black people, and this is what embarrassed me. I was telling black people, I said, man, look, I got an open door. I was up at the White House so much, nobody even asked me what I was up there for. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I said, I got an open door. I invited so many different black people to come up there to have a conversation and, and, and the remedy stuff. And they was like, they were scared to go because they didn't want to be, they didn't want, are the TV cameras going to be on? Is it going to know I'm up there? Well, I ain't going, I ain't going. Now, let me tell you about some sellouts. I'll give you an example. Lisa Leslie is a sellout. You want me to tell you why? The basketball player. Yeah. You want me to tell you why? Because back, I in, need 2015, to know why. back yes. in 2015, I asked Lisa to come do some stuff with the Trump campaign. She's not, I don't, I don't have for Trump. I, I, I don't have for Trump. Okay, Lisa, no problem. So I'm about to hang up. She said, hold on. How much money will you give me if I do it? That's a sellout. You don't mess with him. That's against your principles. If I pay you, you'll do it. You know who else is a sellout? Teslin Figaro. That's on there with Wait, say, 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 say that again. Teslin Figaro. That's on TV, on Breakfast Club with Charlemagne the God. You want me to tell you why? You want who the hell is that? You want me I'm trying to figure out who that is. She's the fat black chick that's on there with Charlemagne on... Um, the Breakfast Club. Oh, because they be having different other guests on there, like no, guest hosts. Let me okay. tell you. How, let me tell you how her, how her thing was. She was rolling with Bernie Sanders. Her and Nina Turner. They saw me downtown Cleveland. They said Bernie Sanders is gonna lose back in 2016. And when Bernie Sanders loses, we want to come over there with Trump, Nina Turner, and Tesla Figueroa. 
right? Right after that, Nina Turner got hired by CNN, so she didn't want to come. Tesna Figaro comes to me. I want to get on with Trump. I introduced Tesna Figaro to Michael Cohen and the people on the Trump campaign. They gave her a tryout, how they got her on TV. She went on Fox News and stuff like that to advocate for Trump. She came back off and asked, how much can I get paid? I said, get paid. Yeah, you ain't getting paid. You want to come on board? We'll put you on TV. You ain't getting paid. Oh, no, I can't do it if I ain't getting paid. Then she goes out. I'm the independent and starts bashing Trump for other people. And in my mind, you're a fat sellout. Because if you'd have got paid, you'd have been doing it. That's what a sellout is. Somebody that compromises their principles for money. So you didn't make one dime? No, never made a dime. I ain't never got okay. paid. Okay, speaking of Michael Cohen, he got on. He, he, he was testifying, and he literally said that your guy was a racist. And yeah, he went over some what? things that he said, hey. I, I, we shouldn't believe him, right? No, I can play a video for you right now. Mm -hmm. I'll take it to you. A Michael Cohen at my church, standing up saying, everybody is saying Donald Trump is a racist, and he's not a racist. And if you give me a minute, I can pull it up on my phone and play it on the air. Donald Trump is not a racist, and Donald Trump is a, a, he's a great man, and I'm the son of a Holocaust survivor, and it just makes me mad when people call him a racist. <laughs> I said that tape to Mark Meadows and Jim Jordan when he was up there testifying, and they caught him in a ball-faced lie. Let me tell you something. Cohen got mad because Trump wouldn't bring him to the White House and give him a job. Cohen used to beg me, talk to the boss, tell him to bring me up, ask him to give me a job, ask him to bring me up, and he wouldn't bring him up there, and that's why he got mad. That's why he flipped. Okay. I, and I, I check your phone. I sent you. I don't know. I sent you the link of your guy talking to some French nationalists and saying literally exactly what I said. Okay, well, I didn't know about it. If I see it, and and that's kind of my point is that if you're in the White House, your treatment is going to be considerably different. I didn't meet him in the White House. No, 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 I didn't say, no, 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 I, I didn't say when you met him, I'm saying while you're in the, in the White House, the way that they treat you and, and even before that, because you are such a prominent figure. You want to hear something funny? I do. One time I was in the, in the West Wing in the lobby and Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi walked in and walked past me and I said, Hey, Everybody turned around. I said, you don't walk past a black man without paying me my homage, giving me my respect. And Nancy and Chuck came back <laughs> and did like this in front of me. And I said, okay, y'all can go now. That's a true story. And that's how I used to roll up there all the time. Let me tell you something. If you think I was up there shining shoes and tap dancing, kissing butt, you know what's sad? 90% of the black people that I would take up there to have a voice would be up there cooning. And embarrassing me, they would be cooling so much. Which pastors did you take up there? And what were they like when the lights, when the, when the cameras went off? When the cameras went off or when the cameras were on? Off, really. Like like when it, when it wasn't like uh, televised per se. When you mean, what were they like? It, what did they do? How did they talk? What was they saying to the president? They was kissing his butt. Hey, man, it was embarrassing. I go around the room as Daryl Hines from Milwaukee, John Gray, Mike Freeman, um, uh, uh, shoot, Van Moody, um, a, a bunch of black pastors, right? They got up there and was kissing Trump's butt so bad, it was embarrassing to me. I text my friend that was in there 
And I said, man, these dudes is in here cooning. I'm telling you, I'll, after the meeting was over, I walked out with Trump. Went over, me and him had talked about something else. I came back in. I said, man, y'all guys, y'all missed it. They're like, what do you mean? What's wrong? I said, y'all had an open windows moment. Here y'all in here with the president of the United States in front of TV cameras. You could have said anything you wanted and asked for anything you wanted, and he couldn't have told you no. And y'all so busy swinging off his nuts that y'all ain't getting nothing from him. I told him that. Hey. When, when, when me and him went in the back, I said, your butt, all, your, your butt cheeks ought to be chapped from all that kissing that they was doing. He just shook his head. And I told him point blank, man, y'all up here cooning for this guy like that. He not even like that. I mean, if you're going to coon and kiss his butt, he's going to let you. But that, that wasn't it. They could have stood up and said, my name is such and such. I have a, a crisis center for, for homes. And, 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 and I want this and I want that. And he would have had to say, yeah, he couldn't have said no. I took Jim Brown to meet him. He met Jim Brown through me. I took Jim Brown to meet him at Trump Tower. Mm-hmm. And Jim Brown was telling him the work he was doing with the Medicaid program. You okay. know what Trump told him? He said, Ben Carson got $900 million laying around in hood. And we'll get you some of that money. But you know what he said after that? He said, if Ben don't give you the money, no problem. I'll write your check out of my pocket. I got the money too. And that's what he told Jim Brown. And when the great Jim Brown came downstairs, they all want to call him a coon because he met with Trump. They don't know. They couldn't touch the hem of Jim Brown's garment or wasn't worthy of shining. Get Jim Brown's shoes. All the stuff he did for civil rights and black people over the years. And they want to call him a coon because he met with Trump. And Trump told him he'd give him funding to help black people in the community. I, I, our people be perishing for lack of knowledge, man. But they're waking up now. They see that we've been sold a bill of goods by, by Joe Biden. Uh, I, again, like I, I've never been a fan of Biden. Never been a fan of Trump. It's it it they are equally poison. Um, I think that that they ain't poison nothing. Al Sharpton, all Trump's friend. Trump act black. Trump act just like a black rapper. A swag, the bling, the over the top. Is this what Al Sharpton said, bro? And all these people that want to call him racist. Let me tell you something. Jesse Jackson called the White House probably once a week uh, while Trump is president. And they chopped it up because they've been friends for a long time. Jesse Jackson told me back in 2016, he said, you make sure you stay over there with Donald. Just in case he win, we need somebody over there. We need one of us over there. I talked to Al Sharpton one time. He and I were debating on MSNBC. I said, Al, he was talking bad about Trump when they were opening that civil rights museum. And I said, Al, all this stuff you said in private, come on up there and say it to his face. I put together something, you come on up there and say it. Because I was trying to put together that race summit that none of them mm-hmm. would participate in. Mm-hmm. I talked to Rich Paul about LeBron coming. No, nah, we ain't going to go. I talked to Kaepernick's people about coming. No, nah, we don't going to go. They want to talk all that crap out there in the streets. I said, sit down face to face and tell it. They ain't want to do it. So when Al didn't come, I saw Trump that week. I said, Because you Al, can't trust. You cannot trust that guy. Man, it would have been in public on TV. What can't that does, you trust? That, that, that doesn't. You have to. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like like it, it's one thing to get photo ops. It's another thing to actually believe that somebody's going to keep Al, their word. Al Sharpton is the photo op king. So At, oh, right no disagreement right there. Though. I'll say this much. When I said to Trump, I said me and Al had a debate about uh, on the other day. He said about what? I said we had a debate about it was about you and Al was doing his batch. And you know what he said? He said me and Al Sharpton have been friends for a long time. So he used to come up around all the time and hang out with us. 
and all that and come to all the parties and stuff. He said, we've been friends for a long time. And that's all he said. He didn't bash him. He didn't hate on him behind his back. And let me tell you something. What people say behind your back speaks a whole lot louder than what they say in your face. He didn't say one bad thing about it. Jesse Jackson called him a racist on TV. Jesse Jackson called him that night and apologized to him. And when he went on TV, he said, a guy called me up and called me a racist, called me back and apologized. I don't mind. And he never would put him out there in the streets like that. I called Trump. I think I told you about this. I called him several months ago. He was on the golf course. He had Lawrence Taylor with him. He had OJ Anderson with him. They golf buddies. They go golfing. They go golfing together. They was a standard golf date. Every Tuesday, Sunday would golf. And so he put me on the phone with LT. And I talked to LT, and we bust each other's chops. I was telling LT, I was destroying him on the football field and all that. So afterwards, I was kind of heated. I say, man, these guys know you ain't a racist, but they won't go out there and say nothing. What? They won't go out there for you. You know what he said? He said, man, that's all right. They want to protect their brand. It's all right. See, that's how he is with his friend. Marcus, uh, Marcus Allen, he did a lot of stuff. He said, me and Trump been friends a long time. I know he ain't no racist, but I ain't going out there because I don't want them folk attacking me. So I know the drill. And I know what a lot of these black folks that's in public, I know what they say in private. And, and I also know how a lot of these white folks get down. They will show you one thing and behind your back. Because I'm curious what he's saying about you behind your back. Because they will, hey, I am not racist. Matter of fact, I'll give you a story. I work with a guy. Um, I, I, I had vouched for this guy. I helped him get a job. Um, he, you know, he. I, I thought we were friends. I really did. White guy. And when, uh, 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 shit, I can't remember who it was that got killed. Uh, one of the brothers, young brothers that got shot by the police. Tamir Rice. Uh, it what, uh, uh, was, it, was it local in Cleveland or next? No, nah, it was the young brother Freddie in Gray, Florida. Michael Brown, Tamir Rice, uh, the, the, Bland, uh, the young brother in Florida. And I'm sorry, uh, Trayvon Martin. Yeah, Trayvon Martin. When Trayvon got murdered. And actually, it wasn't the police, but when Trayvon got murdered, the the real him came out, and 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 it and, and it was a lesson for me that I learned later on in life, um, because coming from Detroit, you don't deal with white people all that much, and it really, you know, like like dude was he turned into a completely different person. And coming from Detroit, you know, Trump pardoned Kwame Brown, right? Kwame Kilpatrick, I mean. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, and Kwame wouldn't even come out and thank him in public. Look it up. Trump pardoned Kwame Kilpatrick. And 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 he helped ASAP Rocky <laughs> get out of jail. And your boy, like, he helped ASAP Rocky get out of jail. No, I did that. That was me that did that. That's why if you look up, look up Trump caused a Trump uh Trump passed the cause ASAP Rocky an ungrateful MF. Look that up. <laughs> <laughs> I did that. He said, Rocky and his mama cried to me like a baby. I did that. And he wouldn't even, all we said was, Rocky, if he get you out, all we're asking you to do is say thank you in public. And he wouldn't do it. After he got out, he wouldn't say thank you. Why should it be, why, why, why should that be a requirement to thank him in public? Why wouldn't it? Thank you. Somebody <laughs> get you out of jail. You can't say thank you. I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying, I'm not saying that you can't say thank know, you. Rocky, but if you, if you're doing man. it to get something, why no. do it? I don't know Rocky from Adam's house cat. I got family members in jail. If y'all calling me 
to save for me, to get you out, and I ain't asking for you for no money, and I ain't asking you for nothing to do it, and all I'm asking you for me to use my doggone uh, uh, access to get you out, the least you can do is say thanks. I shouldn't have had to ask you to do that. That's the least you, you can do. But you did. And I that's not, he said he would, and he did. But, but that's not Christian, bro. Man, that is Christian. Get out of here. You give so, a car so, on the street some money, you expect a thank. That's really? Not, you're not going to make me be good. The man didn't even say thank you. He should have left his butt in there. He should have left him in there. <laughs> should somebody get somebody. What, what the heck? I care about somebody said Rocky. I'm not in that rap game. Uh, and, and I'm going to take my dog on. Hey, man, ain't but so many favors you get from anybody. And I'm going to use my favor up on you. And all I'm going to ask you to do is say, man, if he gets you out, just say thank you. I didn't ask him to say it in public. Hey, I, he wouldn't even get on the phone and say thank you in private. Okay, well that's different. What kind of crap is that? Because you you literally just a minute ago did say that you did, he you wanted a public thank you. I did want a public thank you, and I wanted him to thank me too. You got doggone right. Eh, I, you got I'm right. just I'm just I saying. Wanna, I want to thank you. <laughs> if so, else else what am I expending my energy on your behalf for? It's a million people in jail that could be got out. So Why if you could I, go if you could go back in time, you wouldn't get ASAP Rocky out of jail. I had never even heard of no ASAP Rocky. A That's friend not... called me about him. I don't know nothing about that rap world. I've been saved 40 years. I don't listen to that music. I ain't you know, know that dude, You know they got Christian rappers, though. Is A$AP Rocky a Christian rapper? He's not. All right, then. I ain't never had even heard of this dude. <laughs> I didn't know who he was. A friend, a friend called on his behalf and said, could he get... Do you know what Trump did for A$AP Rocky? Trump threatened the president of Sweden that he was going to put tariffs on all of the imported Volvos and stuff if they didn't let Rocky out. He didn't have to do that. He called me. Who is this guy, ASAP Rocky? Should I do it? All right, Dell, if you say do it, I'll do it. And then you turn around and won't even say thank you? Man, come on, man. That's tacky. That's tacky. That's classless I, and tacky. I, I will say that had I been in his shoes, I'm going to thank you. That's all I'm saying. That's decent. That's common decency. That That's yeah, awesome. like I, I, if I'm stuck in another country, locked up, excuse me. Hey, and you get me got, out. He got yeah. I'm, I'm gonna kind of thank you. The Ball son out. Man, they was about to lock that boy up for ten years. President Trump called China's President Z himself. G didn't even know nothing about it and got him to let Leangelo Ball out of jail for stealing him uh, sunglasses out the Louis Vuitton store. And then his daddy got out and wouldn't say thanks. That one I find a little hard to believe that the, the, the president of China actually acquiesced to Trump. No, Trump and him are friends. He called him. He did it as a favor, man. Can you let him go? He got him out. It wasn't no acquiescence. It was a private phone call. He got him out. And the dude didn't even say thank you, man. The Bible got out. I know. I got out. He didn't let him. You know full well, you get caught stealing a baked potato over in China, you're going to do 10 years. And he got him out. And he didn't even say thank you. He he, probably, he got Kodak Black pardon. He pardoned Lil Wayne. Kodak Black thanked him. Hmm? Kodak Black thanked him. Yeah, I know. Me and Kodak are friends. I talked to Kodak today. Really? Yeah. What? So so what do you and Kodak Black have to talk about? The black community doing positive stuff for the black community. I told you we got something big. We about to roll out. I'll give you a preview there. I won't give you no name. Okay. I've got an executive director of Black Lives Matter. This jumping ship, he's not jumping ship from the Black Lives Matter. He's coming on board to publicly support Trump 
bringing hundreds of guys with him. He's going to denounce Joe Biden and the Democratic Party and put his support behind Trump, him and hundreds of other Black Lives Matter militia. Wait, um, wait for the press conference. That, that would be interesting. You Googling, you knew I ain't bringing no sucker to the table. He ain't no random anonymous dude. Okay, let me ask you this. Um, Giuliani, your thoughts on him? Who? Rudolph Giuliani. I know Rudy. <laughs> Rudy, my friend. <laughs> Rudy's a friend of mine, man. You know, Rudy's son, Andrew, is a very good friend of mine, too. What you want me to say? What's what you mean, my thoughts on him? <laughs> Man, let me Dude. tell you something. Let me let me tell you something. I don't even know what to say on that no, one, no, no. Let, let And that's unusual. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of guys in the penitentiary, a lot of guys out of the penitentiary that I grew up with. These guys were stone-cold killers, murderers, pimps, drug dealers, armed robbers, and all that. They used to call all you Cotty, right? All I know is they my friend. That's all I know. They my friend. I don't approve of what they do. I don't approve of what they did, but I approve of who they are, and they're my friend. I, I know guys that have literally killed. I know guys that did 25 and 30 years in the joint for murder. And when I see them, I'm glad to see them, and I hug them, and we embrace, and we talk about old times. And so they're my friend, and that's all I know. And Rudy Giuliani is my friend. That's all I know. Dude is Satan. I'm sorry. I Why you say that? Why did you say Satan? <laughs> he just really seems to be. I mean, if you. Uh, as a matter of fact, seems he, to be. I, I, I was going to say is something Al else. Is Al Sharpton Satan? Yeah. yeah he's close. Al, I know Al too. Yeah. I'm not a fan of Al Sharpton. I, but listen, Al Sharpton, I'm not, I'm not opposed to Al Sharpton. Let me you, tell you something. You need you and Let me, Al Sharpton you, you, not necessarily. Hold on, hold on. You and Al Sharpton not necessarily need each other personally, but in a professional manner. Your side needs a Al Sharpton, and Al Sharpton needs a you. You guys Listen. do the tango of politics very well, and it makes for great television. But it's not just that. I'll give an example. I went out to uh, the RNC. My partner and I. And when you go to the Republican National, when you go up to RNC headquarters, when you walk down the halls, they got all these doggone pictures on the walls of all these great Republicans through the years. And you know what we went up there and said loud? And Ain't no black people on the wall, Sal. Ain't no, black, why no black people up on these doggone walls. Y'all need to get some black people up on these doggone walls. You mean to tell me? After all these years, we ain't got to have no black Republicans. Why Frederick Douglass ain't up there? Why Herman Cain ain't up there? Why Michael Steele ain't up there? All these black Republicans we done had over the years, why ain't none of them up on that wall? That's one thing. Now, you know what I told the Republican Party? I said, if, and I said this on Twitter, loud and long, if you want to see it. I said, I have, I, I have no problem with Al Sharpton. I have no problem with Ben Crump. They serve a valuable purpose. Because if a black person feels that they've suffered uh, an injustice that needs national attention, who on the right can they call? Who on the right, who in the Republican Party can a black person that got screwed over call and then get them some national attention? You. Said, so don't give me that. Al Sharpton provides a service 
to the black community. Ben Crump and them do that. Hey Amen. If you get effed over and somebody says, I'm going to give your, 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 your plight national attention, I ain't looking up. I don't want to do that. I don't care if it's Al Sharpton, Joe Sharpton, Frank Sharpton, Herman Sharpton, whoever Sharpton. If you can take and get me some national attention to this and get me justice, if I'm sinking on a boat and my boat is going down, I'm not going to ask what the political party is or the person that throws me a life rack. So I ain't got no beef with Al Sharpton. He does good for the black community. A lot of people don't like him. They don't like his way of doing it. But doggone, a lot of people that get screwed over. If it wasn't for Al Sharpton, wouldn't nobody know who they was. I'm not going to sit here and act like he he has not been beneficial at times. Um, He will get the national attention. And if... if That that I'll give you. If a black person... What'd you say about Harrison Floyd? He got a left in there. Larry Elder ain't going to stand up for him. Leo Terrell ain't going to stand up for him. Now, I stood up for him. And I said it was a black thing. And they be, you know what they do all the time? They tell me all the time, you sound like Al Sharpton. You know what I tell them? I ain't going to say it on, on the air because I got I can't. But <laughs> I don't care, man. One thing I will do, I don't care what nobody say, I stand up for black people. You go down my Twitter feed, you'll see it. I'll be on there battling with them white folks left and right for black people. And it is what it is. And I ain't never been ashamed to say it loud. It just, you know what, it... I'll tell you what it is, at, at least from my, my standpoint, from what I see from the outside looking in, is that first off, politics is a really dirty game. It just is. Always has been. Like You can go it's back. It's lightweight to me. Well, well, I'm just saying, just, just period. Oh, you want me to Poli- tell you why? You want me to tell you why? Well, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me, let me, let me, after going through what I go through oh, with oh, black oh, preachers oh, in the black church, after church oh, yeah. politics, that other stuff up in D.C. is child play compared to Actually, church politics. Actually, I, I would agree with you. However, <laughs> um, <laughs> from what I've seen, po- politics is a dirty game. And sometimes you have to cozy up to people that you absolutely don't even like or have nothing in agreement with except one issue. From the outside looking in, especially uh, black folks, when we feel like somebody is racist, we want us all to be in unison against that that individual. That's because we be getting played like suckers, man. Let me ask. Let me ask you a question. Do you think Obama was a racist? No, I do. I do. You know why? Do all I think? Us, do I think he was us, beneficial to black people as a president? You know, you know no. Obama, you know Obama been to my church before, right? I wouldn't doubt it, but I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, I know Obama very well. But but I will say this: when I say a racist, I say this way: all black people say things that if a white person said it, we say they was racist. You know, one thing we all say: man, you know how them white people is. Man, you know how them white folks is. Man, you know that's them white folks, man. That's how them white folks is. We all say it. If yeah, but you leave you leaving out context us, and intent. If they say that about us, we'd be calling them racist. You leaving out it's just it's no different than I could I could dog my brother out. You know, drop all the dirty laundry he got, talk all the type of shit. But you're not gonna talk about my brother. I understand that, but what I'm saying, we can say we say stuff about white folks that if they said the same thing about us we would be upset That's you don't think saying. we you don't think we if haven't earned say, that right you know how all them black people is oh uh, y'all know how them black people is we call them racist you don't think we haven't earned that right after building this country 
No, it's just a distinction, man. We can say that about, we say that about Italians. We say that about Jews. We say it. And we know we say it. We say that about each other. I'm not disputing that. What I'm saying is, you don't think <laughs> so we haven't saying, we, we haven't earned a little latitude. What I'm saying, what I'm saying is this. That, now, see, that's victim mentality right there. What I'm saying is this. How this. how is that victim mentality? Because when I brought up Kennedy, you said you didn't know nothing about him, but all okay. the civil rights struggle was going on back then. You know, and I so, can't know about everything, so, right? The thing, the thing that my father can say about white folks. And the thing I can say about white folks would be two different things. I agree. And a lot of it is based on perception. And so what, what I'm saying is we'll, we'll say stuff. All I'm saying is this. We will say stuff that if the same thing was said about us, we will be offended. That's all I'm saying. If the same thing was said about us that we say about somebody else, we will be offended. That's all I'm saying. I'm not disputing that. I'm no, saying no, that, no, that, that I, I don't to, care. I ain't trying to clean it up. I, 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 I do it. I do it too. Yeah. Like, and, and I'm saying, I'm saying at this point in the game, you know, uh, so what? <laughs> but let me tell you something. Here's the thing about DC politics. It was easy for me. It's easy for me. You know why? Because when I play DC politics, I know where I stand. Church politics, I don't have them. I don't have the people in D.C. hugging me, calling me brother, and quoting scriptures to my face while they stab me in my back. See, that's the difference. That's the difference. Oh, my brother, and, 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 and quote scriptures to my face and stab me in the back. That happens in the black church with me. That ain't happening in, in, in with the white people in D.C. I know where I stand with them. That's happening in the Catholic church. That's happening in the, the, the Mormon church. I don't know nothing about that. I'm talking about oh, it, it's happening. It, 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 it's happening across humanity. Face, but That's see, my point. in D.C., they don't do that. You know where you stand. You know where you, you stand. really think that? Yeah. You pick a side, and you're on that side. Why? You, you, you pick a side. You're either on this side or you're on that side. And, and what, why, side, why be a Republican? I'm just curious. What? How long have you been a Republican and why? I've always voted the person and not the party. And so, uh, you know, let me tell you something. You cannot produce one video of me being down for the Republican Party. I always was just down for Trump. Trump was my guy. You ain't seen me out there going hard for the Republican Party. <laughs> I vote the person. Now, I voted for Obama in 2008. I voted for Bush in 2000. I voted for Clinton in 92. I vote the person, not the party. I voted for Clinton. I voted for, for Bush. I voted for Obama. I didn't vote for Obama the second term. But I voted for Obama the first time. And then I voted for Trump. Who did you vote for the second term? I didn't vote for none of them the second term. You complained, though. I wasn't you complained for no about Romney. something, too. I wasn't voting for Mitt Romney. I wasn't doing that. <laughs> now, I, I know Obama. Let me tell you something. Obama is not a people person. Obama is an elitist. And I didn't care for him personally. And so because of that, I ain't vote for him. Because I did you how did you feel just as a brother when he got elected the first time? Hey man, I voted for him the first time. You know why I voted for him? But that I don't and that's not what I'm asking you. I voted for him because he was black. And when he won as a black man, how did you feel? 
I'm not racist. So it, it was it was just, uh, 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 I mean, it's cool. You, you don't see me putting my mouth on it. And the reason I don't put my mouth on it is because he's black. You don't see, you never see me bashing Obama in public because he's black. Okay, and so I, I feel good now. the fact that a black man got in. But you have to realize, Obama's just as much white as he is black. He got a white mother. Ben Carson says something that was very true about Obama. He said, Obama ain't got no real black experience in America. He was raised by his white mother and white grandmother in Hawaii. He don't know nothing about them real streets. He don't know nothing about that. Obama does not have any African-American blood in him. He don't know nothing about the black experience in America. He had a white mother and white grandmother raised him in Hawaii. He went to Harvard. He don't know nothing about these streets. Sure. He got everybody fooled. He think he's the smartest guy in the room. He got a good hustle. But as far as being in these streets and knowing what the black man on the street is about, he ain't know nothing about that crap. He ain't never lived that life. I felt so phenomenal when he won the first time. I didn't. Do I? I, didn't do I, I mean, it was cool a black man won, but you got to I didn't think that it would ever happen in my lifetime. Yeah, but here's the thing you don't realize. Black people didn't elect him president. White people did. If black people was the ones that decided that election, the black people decide every election. We have a black president every year. White people voted for Obama. White people put him in office. Just like black folks put Biden in office. Watch this. You want to hear something funny? I used to say, man, Obama ain't got no black friends. Oh, his friends is white. Obama's daughters ain't got no black boyfriends. Their boyfriends was white. When Obama started being president, he went with Richard Branson from Virgin Records. They went on the thing. You don't see him kicking it with no black people. What are you doing in Chicago? You don't see him doing nothing in Chicago. You don't see him doing nothing for black people in the hood whatsoever. All this stuff about what Trump going to do for black people. What did Obama do for black people? Again, I will agree with you on that. He did nothing. But that doesn't mean I shouldn't have an expectation from any person sitting in the White House for my community. Just like just like just like every other community has an expectation to get something done for them. The alphabets, the alphabets want something for them. The Asians want something for them. Jewish people want something for them. What they what they asked for was legislation. They asked for legislation. That's what they asked for. Now, all we have to do is ask for legislation, too. I think we've been asking for that. We just don't get it. But presidents do not make legislation. But presidents are... senators do. Presidents are driving the ship. You can't sit... You can't tell me... Yes, They they may not have the map, but they are behind the wheel. You can't tell me that a president does not sway his party one way or another. Congressmen and senators introduce legislation. And if it passes Congress, passes Senate, the president signs off. Half of that legislation isn't even written by the congressmen and senators. It's written by big business who gives them the, literally the bill and says, well, this saying, is what we want. We're talking about for black people. Our black congressmen and our black senators need to introduce legislation that gets passed for black people. Okay. Now, all I hear is everybody crying about Joe Biden. Obama ain't did nothing for black people. I'm not Obama Biden. 
you can get one piece of legislation passed you got after your guy would let's say well, he name me five name me five things biden did for black people I, I i don't know how many times i gotta tell you bro i'm not a biden fan all i said was name me five things he did i don't have people. five things name four i don't have four i don't have three i don't have two i don't have one but we That's both not, for him on mass that we we, so we did not vote for him specifically me now I'm just saying, if you had the ability to get one piece of legislation passed, what would it be? Right now? Yeah. I got to give some thoughts to that. I don't have it right in the top of my head. One piece of legislation? Hey, man, let me let me say this. No, you know one, one thing I would get past? Reparations. Say that again for me, bro. Reparations? Okay. Yeah. I'd go for that. That's what I did right there. My great, great, great grandfather fought in the Civil War. I think we're all reparations. I have no problem saying that out loud. I've said that to the Republican Party. I've said it out loud. I've said it on Twitter and all that. Reparations. One piece of legislation passed for black people, reparations. Give us our God doggone checks. Give us I'm our with money. You on that. And, and I'm with you on that. But I want to take my money and buy some weed. But I want to take my money and buy some bread. But I want to take my money and buy some clothes. But I want to take my money and do it as my dog on business. But I do with it. But that's one thing I would do. Reparations. Yes, I would absolutely do that. And I'm absolutely going to have a conversation with Trump about addressing reparations. And that's one of the reasons I'm trying to put together another race summit with him now so mm. that we can sit down and have that discussion with him and a lot of high-profile members of the black community. And whoever doesn't want to come, don't, because there's a lot of people that do want to come. Okay. I feel you on that. What happens if your guy gets convicted? Mm. I think he'll win the presidency before then. Some of this stuff is state, though. There ain't nothing you can do about that. You still got to go to but jail. But the state stuff is civil. It's not criminal. So the stuff in Atlanta is not criminal? Uh, that, that's some bull crap. I'm just saying. I mean, what happens if he does, though? Hey, man, then if he does, he's just going to have to deal with it. <laughs> I know, all I know is this. I know one person that ain't got down there getting convicted of that stuff. I tell you that, dog, oh, much. <laughs> I will say that. That's all do, I know. Do you think this country has a serious problem on their hands, violence wise? If, in fact, he gets convicted. No. I don't think so. I don't think it's going to be. It just is what it is. I don't think so. I don't think people are going to go out here tearing up nothing and do all of that stuff. I wouldn't disagree with you until, uh, especially the Proud Boys guy, 22 years. Is that fair? He got right mind and he's stupid. Okay. So you you not a fan of the Proud Boys, then? Excuse me. Are you not a fan of the Proud Boys? I don't know them folks, man. I never fooled around. I never associated with them dudes. I never heard of them guys till Joe Biden brought them up at the, at the debate in Cleveland. It was, was my church first, politics second. I don't know nothing about no Proud Boys. I don't know what they thought they was gonna do. If they thought they was gonna build government, they stupid. Uh, well, some, it hey, it, man, se- it seemed. Outside looking in, the way Trump handled the questions about white supremacy. He handled it he, he handled it wrong. He handled it wrong. I told him that that night. 
I said that night, man, you did. You shouldn't, you shouldn't have that day. You should have that different. Okay. I'm, I'm done telling that. And he like, you think so? Yeah. Okay. What, what else do I'm going to do? Kick him in his ass? I mean, I told him I think he handled it wrong. Okay, I handled it wrong. But he had answered that same question a bunch of times before. And he had definitely said I disavowed. And he came out after that and said it. But people ain't want to focus on that. I just think that night he had a great opportunity and he dropped the ball. That's what I think. I ain't got no problem saying it. Okay. All right. You got to understand, man. Here's what you got to understand. I don't know what other kind of relationship other people got with Trump. He and I got a horizontal relationship. I'm a man. I got you. He a man. I give him his respect because he older than me. I give him his respect because um, he was president of the United States. But the way I talk to him, the way I engage with him, it ain't like the other folk do. Man, and him got a different type of relationship. We, we're friends. When he got locked up and got booked, I called him that night when he got home. He answered the phone. You know what I said? I said, hey, man. He said, what? I said, what kind of bird don't fly? And me and him both started laughing. See, I don't know too many other people in America that would call him up and say that. <laughs> you know what else? You know what else I said to him? You want me to tell you what else I said to him? I do. I said, they had you in a cell. He said, yeah. I said, you ain't dropped the soap, did you? <laughs> that's, the kind of, that's the kind of relationship I have with it. Now, you know, know it's, it's like I, you, I, I go go into. Well, actually, we had a conversation prior to all of this um, and I kind of went into the conversation like, man, this dude, like, I, the, the standard. I hate this nigga. I know. I'm sorry. But that's that's what I was thinking in my mind. And I get to, I get to talking to you. And, and, and at the end of the conversation, I'm like, you know, this ain't the guy I see on TV. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it it's not. It it absolutely is not, bro. All you ever saw me do on TV was be down for Trump. You ain't seen me being down for nothing else. You ain't seen me being down for no white folks, no white supremacy, no none of that old Uncle Tom, Candace Owens, Larry Elder, Leo Terrell crap. You ain't never seen me doing that. All you ever seen me doing was either down for Trump or down for black people. That's what you saw. But because of Trump, people were so blinded, they couldn't see it. Because all they saw was he's friends with Trump. They could they couldn't they couldn't hear what I was saying. You never heard me doing nothing but being down for black people. I got on TV and called Mitch McConnell, Tom Cotton, and them racists if they didn't pass the first step act. I think I sent that to you. You did. I got right on TV and didn't have that. You ain't seen me blink. When I said if y'all don't pass that act, y'all racist. I said y'all think it's gonna be a bunch of black folks running up and down the street in America, running free. I said the white people scared of that. I've always been blunt like this. The way I'm talking now is the way I talked on TV. Pull up any, Google me, pull up any video, and you ain't gonna never see me on that corner. Never. Not one time. I've looked at a lot of footage. I'm down for Trump, because that's my dude. That's my friend. I'm ride or die. You my friend, I'll be down for you the same way. That's how black, that's a black thing. That's how we are. Now, the one thing about it, he's been ride or die for me too. So. That's all I can say. He offered me a position in his cabinet. He said, what you want? He called me on, on Thanksgiving Day 2016 after he won. What you want? I said, man, I don't want nothing. He said, he said you want an ambassadorship? You want a position? What, what you want? I said, man, I don't want no job. I said, I ain't do this for no job. I got a job. I love what I do. I got a call and I ain't do this for no job. I'm too old. I ain't want no job. So then about a year ago, he told me, he said, if I go back in, you got to come back up with me this time. 
He said, the mistake I made last time was I didn't take my people up there with me. I let doggone uh, the Republicans try to get me to mend fences, and I hired a bunch of guys that wasn't really down for me. Then he looked at me and said, why didn't you come with me last time? And you know what I said? I said, because I would have got fired. That's why. I said, man, I'm old. I'm set in my ways. I've been self-employed for 37 years. I go to bed when I want to go to bed. I get up when I want to get up, and I don't punch nobody's clock, and I don't answer to nobody. And so I said, I wouldn't have lasted a new way. I'm not no good employee. I said, so it is what it is. And me and him laughed about it. I said, now, I will accept the position if it's an outside advisory position. But other than that, he said, you did that last time. I said, well, I'm cool with it. I don't want no job. The heck I want a government job for? Well, I'm, I'm, uh, one thing I do want people to know is you and your wife uh, have been pastors for decades. Um, when you guys started New years. Spirit, New Spirit Revival, you rented a spot at the Civic Center, right? If I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Now you own it. It's like a hundred thousand square feet. Hundred twenty thousand. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> but a hundred and twenty thousand. And I'm gonna let you go, man. I know you got stuff to do. No, I, but... got, I got my phone ringing. I've got to actually go. But I got some stuff to do. The thing I told you I had to do earlier, I pushed it back. Okay. So we could do this, and they've called me several times. Okay. But we got to do this some more, man. You know. Yeah, uh, yeah, we do. I like I like doing dialogue with real niggas, man. And uh, I'm, yeah, I'm I'm too old to not not be me. I'm gonna be honest, and 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 it's something I would admit to. When me and my business partner was walking in and out of the halls and the West Wing and stuff at the White House, I have to be honest, I was acting extra nigga when I was up there. <laughs> No, 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 no. I'm going to tell you why. Because I was letting them white folks know, y'all ain't punking me. And they ain't got no coon right here. So we were being, when I say extra nigga, we were being kind of overly aggressive. But it's almost like a dog marking his territory when we went up there because on the Republican side, most of the guys you see would be passive and coonish and stuff like that. And I wanted to let them know this ain't that kind of party. So I was being a little bit overly aggressive. And I'll admit to it. And 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 to be quite honest, like Trump liked it. <laughs> you know, you know what them people used to get frustrated about up there? They couldn't tell on me. <laughs> I used to say it. I would say, hey, they be like, how dare you talk to me like this? Ain't nobody ever talked to me like this. I said, well, you better get used to it. And 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 and, and they would say, well, ah, somebody needs to tell. I say, hey man, I don't work here. Y'all can tell on me all you want to. I don't work here. And the only person they could tell on me to was Trump, right? Mm-hmm. But if they did, he would start laughing because he liked that kind of swag like that. <laughs> if I gave you some names of some folks that was on the receiving end, hey man, re- recently, recently, some people right next to him felt the pain and they got they caught the wrath. But the one thing they knew, I said, and I told him, I said, hey, man, you want to bring him in on this conversation? I'll wait. And you can put him on speakerphone and go in there with it. And, and now I'm not going to do that because they knew he would start laughing. Hey, <laughs> you, you want to you hear something funny? I took, I'll tell you who was there, too. Ray J was there. I, I was up at the Winter Mar-a-Lago. It was me, my business partner. I had Ray J with me and this other person that we was cutting. It was a, some political maneuver and we was doing some politics stuff. And we got in the... Uh, took him to see Trump because they were supposed to be dropping out of this race and getting in another race and stuff. So when they got in there, 
they want to they want to sit there and all of a sudden they trying to convince Trump on how they do it. So I'm sitting there with them. I'm like, hey man, hold on, hold on. This ain't what we talked about outside of this. You're supposed to come in there and say one thing, you get in front of him trying to say another thing. So I start tearing this, tearing this dude a new one, right? Hey, it got so good, Trump looked and he started cussing him out too. <laughs> we tagged team After it was over, Ray J was like, man, I ain't never seen nothing like that before in my life. <laughs> Ray He's said, wild, man. I ain't never seen nothing. He talked about that's the most savage thing I ever seen. He said, I done been in there with Suge Knight. I done been in there with Puffy. I done been with all of them. I ain't never seen nothing that savage in my life. <laughs> man. Hey, I had to check myself because I started getting <laughs> off on terrorizing the white folk up there. It started getting so good to me. I had to examine myself <laughs> and repent to the Lord. <laughs> Had to be an interesting conversation. <laughs> um, I, but I, I promise you this. I'm what's pro- that? I make this promise to you right now before I go. If he wins again, I'm taking you up there. I'll interview you, guy. I got Man, questions. I'll take you up there. I used to tell them folks, I can show you some stuff in my phone about, hey, man. I'm going to put together something. You can come in and sit down with Trump, totally unfiltered, totally unscripted, nothing out the table, say anything you want to say. No, nah, no, nah, I'm cool. I ain't going up there. I'm going, okay, then STFU then. That's all I can say. Yeah, well, I'm too old to change who I am at this point, bro. Thank you. That's, I don't, hey man, I don't care who's in front of me. You know how old I am, right? Uh, I got a ballpark. I'm 65 years old. You think I'm going to be going out? I came up during the doggone riots in Cleveland. I came up in the, in the 60s and in the 70s. My very first interaction with police was getting my eight kicked by some police when I was like 12 years old. Hey, man, I, I'm black through and through. I ain't going up there. Ain't nobody. I'm too old to be somebody's cone, especially if I don't want nothing from them, especially if I ain't trying to get paid and I ain't trying to get no job. That would have been my purpose. I was up there trying to help black people. And I think I did a few things to help us. We got that dog on First Step Act passed. I contributed 28 pages to it. We got that dog on uh, Opportunity Zone thing done, and it's going to rile back up again. And we got. I, I, and we I got don't a lot agree. Of we don't agree. We going to agree on that one. But before, I, before I, I think you tried. When, 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 when COVID killed it. When Lil Wayne got released. When ASAP Rocky got released. When they got pardoned. When Kwame killed Patrick. Every black person that Trump pardoned. He called me first for me to give him the sign off on it. And if I said, no, nah, don't let him out, he wouldn't have did it. I say that much. So I ain't got nothing to be ashamed of. I got a lot to be proud of. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a lot of poor brothers that could have got out too. A lot of them did. It was, a, it, was, it was a lot of them that did. I wasn't the only one getting people out. I got out the people that asked me to get them out. You got to understand, here's the thing. Trump can't pardon people on a state level. Most yeah, of the poor brothers is in state prison. He ain't got nothing to do with that. He can only pardon people on federal on level. On federal level, yeah. Governors have to do state. So, All right. but, but but you see what I'm saying? So a lot of things people want him to do, he couldn't do anyway. He can, most brothers ain't in federal penitentiary. Most brothers are state paid. Yeah, that, 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 that I will give you. That's true. Yeah, he can't so. do nothing for that. So, um, all right, man. Hey, it's been good. We got to do this again. Oh, absolutely, man. Hey, you, you got my number, bro. You know, you hit, hit me up. No doubt, man. I appreciate your time, your energy, and your wisdom, bro. You have a good one. You too. God bless you. God bless.
Yo, that was an interesting conversation. Um, and I know some people are going to be like, well, you didn't ask so-and-so. You didn't ask so-and-so. I did put out a couple posts. Hey, is there anything you want me to ask? Um, I didn't get too many responses. Um, I'll say one thing. It's a lot different than I anticipated. Uh, and, and usually when I see seen him on, you know, on clips or whatever on Fox News or CNN or whatever, um, it's like a, a, a screaming match. And, you know, um, you can barely tell who's saying what um, he he listened. And that's all I can ask. I don't agree with some of the things, especially the opportunity zone thing. Um, I, don't, I don't think that that was beneficial to black people. Um, even though that maybe that was that that was the honest intent, but uh, anyway, um, y'all already know, man. This is Jobs. This has been another episode of Intellectually Petty Radio. Uh, tomorrow we got a really, really, really dope one. Uh, let me make sure I because uh, I don't want to. Give me one second. You know, I can't multitask worth this shit. Um, I got Trey Seven Mac. Um, if you know, his brother uh, was killed this summer. Um, and they're both Gilly the Kid's sons. Um, and this will be his first interview since his brother passed away. Um, so it's an honor and a privilege to have him come on the show. Um, and I got a new manager now. Uh, so it's, it's in my bio, Instagram, Intellectually Petty Radio. Hit, hit up Rita if you got any uh, questions. You want to do an ad. You want to get on the show. Blase splee. The whole nine. Anyway, on that note, man, I'm out. Y'all have a good one.